Hi, my name is Sean Keyes, and you're listening to You, Me, and BPD. In this week's episode, I got a couple of questions from people listening to the podcast, so um, I love these. I always tell people I love these, and if you if you want to send in a question, do, because it gives me something to talk about in a sense of um, feedback for people, what they're trying to look for, you know, and that's what this is basically all about, you know, in my opinion. So the question is, I'm finding it difficult to try and explain to a person with BPD the difference between an argument and a discussion, as they feel everything is an argument. Um, can you explain the difference between a healthy discussion and an argument? That's a, yeah, that's a good question. A healthy discussion, can you explain the difference between a healthy discussion and an argument? The first thing I would say would be tone. Um, people with BPD, we're hypersensitive in general, so everything to us is ramped up. So we can perceive an awful lot of things. So for a person um, that think they might be using a slightly lower tone, we can pick up if the tone changes at all. So we can pick up if the person's emotions has elevated, whereas the person themselves might not even be aware that they have elevated their tone up to them, it's just a discussion. To us, we can pick up the slightest little difference in a tone. So, this is a very common thing, to be honest with you, because I know plenty of I like I talk to plenty of people with BPD, and tones seem to be a huge thing for us. So, a healthy discussion, um, a healthy discussion is simple. It's a discussion. A healthy discussion would be exactly as I'm talking now. You know, uh, this is what I think about this, and this is how I feel about this. This is a discussion. A discussion is non-personal. It's, it's, it doesn't get into the personalities of either person. It's like, well, I feel this is the way it should be. Or, you know, I, 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 this, this, as usual, is all off the cuff because I like it to be pure honest instead of something that I'm just going to uh, prepare and, and, you know, make into some sort of fucking show. So... I suppose I'll go with an example in in a sense of if you were uh, cleaning the house, you know, cleaning the house. Let's show you were cleaning the house. and Because uh, cleaning the house is a very big, it's an awful big problem I hear for people in a sense of it's an argument that goes on and off quite often with, with couples. Um, so cleaning the house. If you're cleaning the house, you could, it's a simple thing of going, well, I'm not happy at the fact that you said you would clean this and it's not done. Now, that's very factual. That's just, there's nothing behind that. Now, there's a big difference is, you're a fucking bollocks. You said you cleaned the fucking house and it's not fucking done. So the tone there and the fact that I'm calling the other person a bollocks, it's become personal. That's not a discussion. A discussion is basically talking about something in a very low tone it's just matter of fact, it's just a normal everyday discussion. But if the tone is raised and it becomes personal, um, I would advise, I suppose to the person that asked this question, I would advise the person that has the BPD to just listen in a sense of, is the person, is the tone being raised? Ask them, do you think my tone is raising when I'm trying to have a discussion with you? Um, am I am I making it personal? You know, is it becoming personal? Are you 
uh, bringing their personality into it because then it does become personal. I mean, I'm I'm twenty years with my wife, and I've I've been diagnosed ten years. She's never once brought up BPD to me, and I love that. She's never once. It's like not once, not in an argument, not ever. I we don't even talk about BPD in our house. If I'm being honest, it's um yeah we don't. I'm actually just thinking about that. I've I, we never talk about it because it's me, you know. I'm Sean Keyes. I'm not Sean Keyes forward slash BPD forward slash anxiety forward slash PTSD, which was my diagnosis. I'm Sean Keyes. Whatever Sean Keyes does is what Sean Keyes does. You can't like you can't bring out the BPD version of me and stand that on trial. That's how I look at life. You have to bring me. You know, I'll go to jail if I do anything in life, not my BPD. So we never, like, I've never, thankfully, um, and this is only coming into my head, we've never once talked about BPD in our house in that sense because it's me. I'm Sean Keyes, you know. So with the person, if, if, if person, if, if it gets personal in a discussion, you know, it's, for example, if my wife ever turned around and went, you know, you're fucking BPD, like, that's a bit personal. That's like, you're fucking autistic or you fucking, you have cancer. You know, or, you know it, it gets very personal at that stage. And if a person's mental health is brought up, you're gone into the realms of personalities then. And you're gone into a very personal part. So, you know, this, this question is asked to me and I'm going to give my honest answer. And, and again, I've nothing... I'm not biased towards people with BPD and I'm not biased towards people who are neurotypical either. I believe everyone should get along, but I don't believe that, you know, BPD should be made into this massive, massive thing either. Um, Neither should neurotypical people, you know. Um, But at the same token, a discussion, in my opinion, is basically, it's just two people talking. You know, hey, listen... You said you would do the laundry the other day. You never done it. Is there any reason you haven't done it? That's a discussion. For fuck's sake, you said you'd do the fucking laundry the other day. And you haven't fucking done it. What the fuck is wrong with you? Don't fucking use your BPD as an excuse. That's personal. Tone is different. More aggressive in my tone. Absolutely two different ways of talking about something. So, I mean, discussions... Discussions are discussions. It's, you know, hey, I've noticed something that you said you do. Is there any chance you'd be able to do it? Um, That's a discussion. But the minute you get personal, again, for the person that asked the question, and I'm bringing it back again to tone, it's tone is huge. If you, if, if you raise your tone ever so slightly with me, my whole system goes into a state of defense. And I mean, I'm talking the slightest tone. If I hear it, my system goes into a state of defense. I I actually naturally start to retract. I start to walk backwards when I hear a tone lifting because when because people are so sensitive with BPD, and I don't know about the rest of them, a raised tone when I was a child was more than likely followed by a fucking beating. So a raised tone to me as an adult, my brain remembers that and goes, I remember this tone, this is what follows it. So I start to retract. 
So it depends on the person's uh, livelihood and lifestyle and when they were a child, how they perceive things. And I mean, again, because we're so hypersensitive, we're we're constantly, I mean, I'm we're constantly looking for uh, any little cues that will get us into trouble in a sense of that we could be in danger. And a raised tone in a, in a discussion, the minute it's raised, it's it's game over because we're going to have our um, defences up. I know I definitely do anyway. If I hear a raised tone, I start retreating. I start to walk away um, because, you know, I know what a raised tone is. Now, if you, and I've said this in previous podcasts, with a raised tone and someone advancing towards me, I'm completely defensive. I'm complete like, you know, you're in for a fucking baiting if you come too close to me. I don't go around beating people, and I've said that in the previous podcast. But it, it, you're at, you're in for a baiting if you come if you come close to me with a raised tone. You're definitely not going to hug me, and I would be completely defensive towards that. Now, everyone knows me not to do that. They all know that it's not something that I fucking wear a little card or whatever. But you know. Par for the course, par for the course. If 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 someone has a raised tone and they're advancing towards you, they're not fucking trying to hug you. And I said that in a previous podcast, but um, yeah, no, look, I think a discussion is a discussion. Make sure it's never personal. Make sure there's no, um, you know, the person's personality is not brought into it. You know, like work, anything. Look, that job is wrong. Um, can you rectify it? For fuck's sake, the job is fucking wrong. What sort of a bollocks are you? Jesus, are you ever going to get it right? That's extremely personal. Two different two different approaches to the same job. Um, one is personal. One is just highlighting the fact that the job is wrong. Again, I'm not going... I don't have major amounts of information, so... And I, and I don't want them. I don't want it to be personal towards the person who asked the question. So I'm trying to kind of give as many uh, explanations as I can for this uh, particular question so discussion is non-personal if the voice is raised you know again look and i'm trying to think here if the voice is raised you know if your voice is raised and and i'm not being um funny when i say this you know people do elevate their voice i have i elevate my voice even with this answer people do elevate their voice if if it's a thing that the voice is raised um, you can explain why your voice is raised. Some people, you know, raise their voice. Some, you know, one person I was chatting to years ago, um, they were saying to me they were very passionate when they raised their voice. I was like, and what's the passion about? And it's to express my emotion. Well, you're still raising your voice to the other person that's still a raised voice. So... You can explain your, if you're raising your voice, you can explain the reasons. You know, why why are you raising your voice, if that's the case. If you're not raising your voice, and it's, if it's a simple monotone voice, like, um, you said you do the housework, the laundry, you haven't done it, is there any reason why? And the person is still getting upset with that type of monotone. You can highlight that. You can actually go, look, I'm actually talking to you in a very monotone voice. Um, I'm not being personal. So you'd have to step it in with them in a sense of maybe they're not understanding in a sense of going, 
they've been so used to being criticised as a child that everything that they perceive as a criticism, it might not be in a sense of constructive criticism I'm, I'm very much game for. You can explain it and go, look, I'm not raising my voice to you. I'm not, a, I'm not upset, I'm just asking you a question. Why didn't you do the laundry? You said you'd do it, I'm just wondering why you didn't do it. Well, I didn't have time. Right, okay, can you make time? Is there any, you know, when, when will you do it? Is there, when can you do it? Now, that would be me. I'm a very time-orientated person. So if someone said to me, if I, you know, you haven't done the laundry, um, well, I, just, I didn't get a chance to. That's fine. When, when will you get a chance? I don't know. Well, can you have it done this week? I'll see. Well, okay, but if you don't do it this week, we're going to have to have a discussion about this because you can't allow it to roll on. This is part of life. We're living in a house. The house has to be done. That's just part of life. To me, I look at the world in very black and white like that. Like, one of the things about, I suppose this is relevant and non-relevant, is myself and my wife have never, myself and my wife have had many arguments. We're not fucking the Waltons, which I think is normal in life. You know, people who pretend they don't have arguments, I would be very cautious about how happy they are. Um, we have had many arguments, and I love an argument. I I actually enjoy arguments. I love arguments. Um, but we've never argued about the housework because when we moved into the house, we simply well, I just drew up because I look at the world in black and white. I look at the, I looked at the whole house and I went laundry, cooking, cleaning, polishing, hoovering, whatnot, and I wrote them all down. And I just said to my wife, "Look, will you you pick whatever." You want whatever you're happiest doing, pick them, and uh, I'll do the rest. And that's, we've never had one argument because um, she does her bit, I do my bit. That's the way I look at the house, and I think that's how a house should be run. It's not like I'm the fucking king of the castle and I've done a full day's work and I should sit down in my hole when I do a full day. I think a house has to be cleaned, so do it. It's your house. Um. So we, we've never had an argument. We've never had one argument over that. We've had plenty of arguments over different things. And I, as I said, I love a good argument. I love, I love a good argument. You know, I really enjoy a good argument. I love, a, I, love a, I love an intellectual argument. If you're going to argue, argue a good point. And if I can decipher the fact that the point was good, I'll back down. Like in our house, you know, best argument wins. It's just that simple. If if I and it, the reason that is 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 because I'm such a stubborn person. I'm extremely stubborn. Like I, if I fucking think about doing something, I will anchor myself to that thought, and God Himself would not pull me away. And because I'm so stubborn, I had to realize this and go right. You know, you can't have your own way in life all at the time. You have to be responsible. So. I kind of came up with best argument wins. So I'm well able to decipher if an argument is good or bad. So if the argument is good, like many, many times I'd be like, well, I'm doing this and my wife would be in disagreement towards it and um, she'd argue the case. And when I listened to the case sometimes and the case was actually good, I'd back down and go, right, okay, fair enough, because it was a better argument. It made more sense to me. Rather than just me, no, I'm doing it anyway, and you can fuck off, and I'm going to get my own way. Um, so you, I think with life, I suppose, is you have to find the balance. If it's not balanced as well, I like things to be balanced. I like to make sure 
Um, my wife has an equal amount of fucking say in our house that I have. Um, I like to make sure that she has, um, yeah, an equal amount of say. It's not like I'm the man, she's the woman. It's and and I am old fashioned in a weird way when I'm saying this. I am old fashioned, um, in a weird way. I do believe the woman is the heart of the house. I do believe that. I believe the woman is the heart of the house. I and that's old fashioned, but I I. There's just this feeling inside me that a woman should be the heart of the house and, and try and make her as happy as you possibly fucking can because um, when the woman isn't happy, the house isn't happy and then the kids aren't happy and then the whole fucking thing is not happy. So I'm a firm believer and I, I know that's kind of old way of thinking. Now I also, I'm a firm believer in cooking and cleaning, so I'm not old school in that sense, but I'm a firm believer that the woman should be the happy, a happy mother, women should be happy in a house, that's my firm belief, they should be happy in a house, within reason in the sense of that they're not fucking, as I said, the women should be happy within balance, it should be all balanced, my head always looks for a balance, it has to be balanced, but again, I'm kind of veering away from the original question, they it's a discussion. A discussion a discussion is talking civil to somebody. An argument is bringing things up personal. And that's an argument. It's getting personal. It's getting personal with the person. You done this. You done that. You know, that's very intensive and personal. Pointing fingers is very personal. Sitting down, having a normal discussion is civil and... If the person is feeling kind of sensitive towards that, you can highlight that and say, look, I'm not doing this. I'm not being personal. I'm not pointing my fingers. I'm not raising my voice. So they have to then look at that and and see the fact then that that's then their problem. That then is something they have to look at. And again, it's like the dog that was beaten. The minute you put your hand over to pet it, it's going to start crying. Depends on the level of abuse the person has had in their life. You know, it's not going to happen overnight that they're going to go, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, as I, as I just said earlier on, I'm, com- I'm one of the most patient people I know today. Extremely patient. I have a huge amount of patience. Um, it would take a fucking mountain of people to annoy me in a sense of that I would be fucking gunning towards them. Um but if you're advancing towards me, all games are off. So even the fact that I'm so patient today and I'm a very calm person and in, calm to a degree, like I, I'm wired, but I'm calm. I'm never fucking agitated much. Um, yeah, even with all of my uh, learning over the years and improving my own mind, I still, if someone's advancing towards me, it's, it's all games are off, you know. So... It might not happen overnight, but if you can explain to your partner that, look, I'm not being personal here, and let them then acknowledge that it might be on their end. It might be just on their end in a sense of going, right, this is something I have to work on. And once you keep it as a discussion, you can always bring up the fact that it's a discussion. You can always say, look, I'm only having a discussion with you. This is just a discussion. I just want to highlight something that I'm not happy about. You're entitled not to be happy in life. You know, you're entitled to say I'm not happy. You're entitled to, your emotions are always there to highlight something to you that you need to feel. 
I mean, your emotions are there with love if you feel something towards your children or whatever. Your wife, whatever. That's an emotion, and I'm bringing a positive emotion into it. That's telling you something. Your negative emotions are also there to make sure that you, they're telling you something as well. And you can highlight them and say, well, look, I'm, I'm not really happy. I mean, you did say you were going to do the laundry. It's making me a bit frustrated because it's adding pressure onto me. And I don't think that's very fair to add more pressure onto me. This is what I'm doing, X, Y, Z. This is what you were supposed to do, you know. Um, you really do need to be doing it, you know. You know, a bar you're sick or whatever else, but up until that time, you kind of do need to do it. And everybody knows. Everybody knows their partners. They know if they're fucking dragging the ball. They know if they're not taking, you know, they know if they're not helping out. You know what I mean? You Like... You know if you're not um, pulling your weight, I suppose, is another term. They know that. So every partnership knows if the other person is not pulling their weight. And yes, you can address that. I have no. I would have zero problem with addressing that. So I hope that answers your question. Um, another question I got was, kids. Um, you talk a lot about you talk a lot about how. Um, You've improved with your BPD. How do you find being around children and how does that impact on your life? That's a really deep fucking question. Um, children, yeah, children children are... Um, I'm going to have to think about this because I don't, I don't ponder over these things until, I, until now because, I, as I said, I wanted to be honest. Um... Right, children. children. Uh, I didn't want children, is the honest answer. I didn't want children years ago when I had the diagnosis of BPD. For reasons, because it's such a severe mental illness that it's, cr- like it's, it's an illness that kills a lot of people. You know, it does. It kills an awful lot of people through suicide, but at the same token, death is death. So I didn't want children. I didn't want, like, I could barely survive myself. I didn't want to be bringing in people into the world that I didn't know, you know, you, you know, when, when I say these things, some people go, geez, that's a terrible thing to say, you didn't want children. But I mean, I never knew my children. No, but like, if you have two children and nothing else happened, you know, and what I mean by this is, if you have two children and you had no miscarriages, you had no stillbirths, you had nothing else, you just had two children, you can't love the third child. It doesn't exist. You just can't love it. There is no third child that you loved because it didn't exist. You know, there was no existence of that child. So when I didn't want children, I didn't have children. So I couldn't, you know, love anything that wasn't there. So it's a a difference when I didn't want children um, compared to today when I actually have three, three children. Um, Now, thankfully, my wife did turn around and say to me, why don't you try and get better? you know, and see if you can overcome the illness because you'd make a good dad and all this sort of stuff. So that's what I did. I tried to get better, and thankfully I did. And I worked really hard at BPD. And, yeah, I got signed off therapy on the... When was that? I got signed off therapy on the 6th of April, 2013. And my wife got pregnant on the 14th of April. So it's kind of like a little fucking mad story of life. And yeah, our firstborn, our firstborn child was um, 2013, December. 
But um, up to date, say today, I've three children, um, you know, twins, boy and a girl, and the eldest girl then. Um, I love it. I love being a parent. I, I love being a parent. Um, I honestly do. I love being a parent. It's Children are amazing. Now, I'm a very analytical type of person, which is kind of... I don't know if other people are. See, you don't know what other people are like in their brains, regardless of how they look at the world. But I look at everything in a very analytical way. I look at things. I'm a devil for looking at people. Like, when I look at someone, I suppose with maybe PD, I scan them and I'm looking for them and I'm looking for their little quirks and twerks and peaks and everything else. And I scan them down to the ground. So it gives me a good picture of who I'm talking to. And I'm no different with my with my children. Now I'm not looking them. I'm not looking at them like they're a fucking science project or anything like that. But I love looking at their little characters. I love looking at their who they are as people. You know, I love that. And the one thing I can say from myself, from my own experience of being a parent, is is go into their world. You know, don't like the one thing I hated about BPD is this. Well, I don't hate anything really about BPD in a sense now, but what I hated was everybody, I felt that everybody that wasn't BPD was trying to make me normal, was trying to make me, look, you can be like this. If you just keep doing these things, you can be like this. And that really fucking annoyed me because I'm not normal in a sense of, I'm not neurotypical, and that's why I always use the analogy of the zebra and the horse. I'm quite okay being a zebra. I don't want to be a horse. Whereas I always felt with other people, if you do these things, you can be like me. Not realizing I never wanted to be like you. I never wanted to be a fucking horse. I just want to accept myself as a black and white zebra. And... I wanted to be okay with that. Now, today, I'm completely okay with who I am. I know I have this thing called a BPD mindset because somebody else said I have it. I know I'm erratic. I know I'm very um, messing, I suppose, always telling jokes, stuff like this. That's just my nature. Um, Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that I can, you know, I was in... I was in work there the other day and my manager came up to me and he asked me a question. So I, I broke into a dance and I just started dancing in front of him. And then I says, your turn. And he looked at me like I was a fucking lunatic. And I love that. Now he knows, you know, he knows I'm messing, you know, and, and, and he just goes, yeah, come on, we have to get this work done. But I love the fact that it's in me to do that. I love the fact that there's a childlike behavior in there where, in an instant, I can break into a dance on the floor with my manager and he's just looking at me like I'm a fucking lunatic. And I love that about myself. I love that. That I hope that childlike behavior never leaves me. Um, so it took me years to get to myself, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of my kids, so I'm not, gonna, I'm not trying to bring this back to me. I'm giving you a context in a sense. It took me years to get to learn that I'm okay with that. There's nothing wrong with me breaking into a dance in front of my manager. Obviously, time and a place, I I wouldn't do that with everybody. 
you know, that type of way. You can sense of the person. You can feel off them if that's okay. I mean, you're not going to fucking do it, you know, to someone who would feel awkward. I knew he would laugh, is, is I suppose, my point. But with my children, I suppose, like that, because I didn't like when everyone was trying to make me into something, I took that approach with my children and went, right, I don't really want to make them into something. I'd rather look at them. I'd rather see who they are. I'd rather get into their world and see what they're made of. And I mean, you know, I think that's one of the most beautiful things on the planet is when you can actually look at your children, look at people, and just look at them and go, all right, so that's that's what you're made of. That's what you like. That's what you dislike. Rather than trying to mold these people into some form of whatever, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't try and mould my children into a form of me. Um, quite equally, I wouldn't try and mould them into a version of my wife. Um, my wife is an extremely moral human being. Um, I'm moral as well. My my wife has qu- my wife has quite a lot more manners than I have. I'm a little bit more of a. I'm a I'm a lot more common than my wife. That's why I always say the lady and the tramp. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that as well. Um, but at the same token, I wouldn't try and mould my children into my wife and I wouldn't try and mould my children into me because you're missing out. I would look at that like you're missing out. You're, you're, all you're doing is trying to shape something into a version of you just so you can look at you. <laughs> it's like, hey, I love me so much. I want to make more of me. And I think you'd fucking miss out. I, I, like, I have a son. I have a son there. He's an absolute gentleman. Absolutely. He came preloaded with manners. He just came pre... He's an absolute gentleman. Like, absolutely. I, I'm not a gentleman. Absol- I'm not a gentleman. Um, I love that he's a gentleman. So I had to go into his world. I'm, I've read... Two books, listened, I've listened to two books so far on how to be a gentleman because my son is a gentleman and I want him to remain him. So I'm fucking, uh, how would you say it? I'm trying to learn how to be a gentleman. Um, And see, even my throat is getting caught up there (coughs) because it's not my nature. Um, I'm going against my own nature, but I love it. I love, I love, I love, I love that he is. I love the fact that um, he's just naturally a gentleman. He, you know, he's only five years of age, but you can tell by him he's going to be like that for the rest of his life. You know, so I'm learning how to be a gentleman. So I'm going into his world. I, my other daughter, she has huge imagination. I mean huge and I love that as well I love the fact that she can take up two little dolls and she can play all day long with them talking making up scenes making up um you know imaginary worlds she can make up like that they're all having this adventure with two fucking dolls like just two dolls nothing else no need for tv no need for anything like that now I'm not saying they don't watch tv they do I'm not going to be one of these fucking parents who you know, the Waltons were not. But at the same token, that's, I love that. And I love the, like, with her imagination. I'm useless for imagination. 
I'm a fucking donkey when it comes to imagination. I can't, I can't imagine stuff in a sense of anything. See, I can't even think of an answer because I can't imagine. I cannot imagine stuff. I just can't. I'm no good with imagination. I'm good with looking and learning. Um, and she can she can do this all day long, and I love that, and I want to help her grow that when she gets older. I have another daughter then, and she's absolutely unreal at art. You know, she'll sit down, she'll draw things, she's very creative, and she's absolutely brilliant at putting stuff together, which I find bizarre because I'm useless. I do ask her to help me when I'm doing stuff because I can't put stuff together. I'm not mechanically minded. And she's able to tell me answers as a child and I can't figure them out as an adult. <laughs> I think that's mental. But at the same token, I'm not, I'm not mechanically minded. But she's extremely mechanically minded as a child. And I think these are the things you look at as a parent and you go, Jesus, this could be really beneficial for them. You know, and I would be, I, I'm being honest, you'd look into things, how can you, how can a person who's that creative, I mean, with one daughter, of course, the stage would be, you know, we've a, we've a stadium in Crow Park, Crow Park here in Ireland, it's 82,000 people, and the, 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 the one who's creative, the, that stadium just wouldn't be big enough for her, you know, and that's her nature. Um, the other girl who's very constructive and creative She's, you're looking at other things with her going, Jesus, she could go into engineering or any form of art or stuff like this. So I look at my children in a sense of who they are as a person. And I suppose um, that's not fucking answering the question my mind is telling me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, as a parent, right. So as a, right, that's, that's as a parent then. Right, so my mind is after prompting me there, telling me that's not fucking answering the question. Um, right, so kids are kids. They do kid. They do kids do what kids do, and that's the way I look at them. Kids mess and fight and argue and all the things that kids do. So I would look at that, and I give a lot of. Um, I suppose I would give a lot of time for it, right? So I'm a firm person with natural consequences. So as a parent, as a person, everything to me is a natural consequence. So I will give natural consequences. So I suppose we're getting into the nitty-gritty of parenting in a sense of um, what do you do when the child is acting out, I suppose would be, realistically, my head is only telling me now the real question. Right, so I always give natural consequences. At the end of the day, you know your children. I'm just after explaining mine. You do know them. You know their habits. You know their form. You know what they're able to do. You know if they're active. You know if they're not so active. You know if they're hyperactive. Um, so I would look at that um, and give natural consequences. So I'm a firm believer in, like, you know, I give you an example, like, TV during the day now, we don't watch, right? Because a person that I was chatting to a couple of months ago, they were on about a Dunedin study in New Zealand, and this person is from, um, her name is Mel, she's from uh, New Zealand, and she was telling me about this Dunedin study. And they've done a Dunedin study about people, and they've been basically um, looking at people for the last 40 years, a thousand people, how they live, everything else, what they're doing, I mean, the most intensive study of human beings on the planet. 
And ironically, I was listening to a book the other day and it actually brought it up. So they've studied people for a long period of time, 40 years, and they're going to study them until they die. So this is a lifetime study where they can tell, the person can tell them anything as well. I mean, this is completely just living their lives and they bring them back, they ask them questions. And so far in 40 years, 960 people are still in the study. So they can tell you with complete accuracy at the age of four years of age or if your child is potentially going to end up in jail. That's how intensive this study is. So one of the things that they found out was watching long periods of TV for any more than two hours every day inhibits the person's intelligence, even if they're intelligent they'll actually drop in IQ scores. So even if your child is intelligent and they're watching long, if they're watching a tablet, any screen, once they're watching a screen, that their IQ will will naturally drop. And when I listened to this, I went, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it anyway. You know, because as a parent, when you hear things, you go, Jesus, and they're fucking, because you know now, you know, you're a parent, and I'm not saying we watched, watched, they were sitting in front of a screen all day, they weren't. But at the same token, when you hear the word two, when you hear two hours, you now know. So I had to come up with a bit of a plan, and I went, um, you know, I said to the kids, look, Danny and Mammy are after finding out something. Um, as it turns out, if you watch a screen, or if you watch TV, or a tablet, or a phone, for uh, for more than two hours every day, your intelligence will drop. And, you know, Mammy and Daddy want to give you the best possible chance in life, and, you know, we want to make sure that we do our best by you. So if you don't watch TV all day until Daddy comes home, because they go to bed roughly about two hours later anyway, um, you know, at the end of every week, I'll get you a little present or a little surprise or something, and something cheap. I'm not going out spending huge amounts of money. I don't have huge amounts of money. You're talking two, three euros. I mean, they're only kids. So, but so far, so good. Um, yeah, that's going down really well. Every day, every day, Monday to Friday at the weekends, I don't... Um, I, you know, I'm trying to balance it off at the weekends and go, right, you know, adults at the weekend relax and then maybe all week they do their studying in school and whatnot and at the weekends we do relax. You can't have a regimental, I believe, either or you'll fucking send them gaga later on in life. You know, where they'll go, I believe if you put too much pressure, you'll 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 have the opposite effect as well. So Monday to Friday, um, they don't watch TV at all throughout the day and then they watch it when I get home and they get a little tick. And um, because I used to get a tick when I was a child, again, that's probably where I I got the list from. There was a list put on the fridge at home and you had your chores to do and that was it. And when you'd done your chores, you ticked them off. And I loved it. I loved it as a child. I just loved the fact that there was a kind of a beginning and an end. So I brought that on in a sense of every day I give them a little tick. Um, As an added bonus... Uh, I said to them then, look, if you eat porridge or Weetabix, which are just basically porridge, rolled oats, or Weetabix, wheat. So they're one, I'm a firm believer in the one ingredient as a, as a food. Um, so as an added bonus, I said if you, if you eat either 
Weetabix or porridge and stay away from the other cereals. Um, and your choice, you know what I mean? I'm a firm believer in giving people choice. So your choice, um, at the end of the week, I'll get you a little treat, a sweet treat. And so far, so good. Um, but every morning I wake up and you have the option to eat um, the other cereals that are there. If they want to eat them, that's their choice. I w- I'm not the type of person who will tell my children what to do in a sense of I give them the option. Listen, will you clean up your toys? You know, if you don't clean up your toys, I'm going to go in. But if I have to pick them up, um, I'm going to put some of them into the bin if I find that they're broken. So they go in and clean up their toys because I will put them into the bin. If, if I find any of the toys broken, I'm going to put them into the bin. One less toy to pick up, in my opinion. And so I give them the option of go, you, you need to go in and clean up your own toys. I'm a firm believer in, in children... You know, I, I'm not on about fucking major, major chores. But I do believe you need to teach them how to actually grow. You need to go, look, you're responsible for your toys, so you pick them up. You know, and of course, best argument wins. Um, I mean, sometimes it's, well, I'm not picking up their toys. Well, I'm just washing your plate, and you wet your dinner off it. So we all help each other. And that's the way I would talk to them. Look, I'm washing the plate that you wet your dinner off. And we all like to help each other as a family. So I'm a firm believer that a family should be a unit. And you should include them into that unit in a sense of at an age where they can do things. I mean, our children are picking up their toys from the age of three. Uh, I thought three years of age was a good age. So, yeah, they're well able to pick up their toys. They can, they can understand at that age to pick up their toys. So they're picking up their toys since they're three. Um. I do get the children, they're five and seven now, but I, I do get them sweep the floor and stuff like this. I know they're not sweeping. I know they're not doing a good job. I don't expect them to do a good job, but I'm still, I'm giving them responsibilities and children want to be included. You know, when you're, you know, if you're cleaning there on a Monday, normally, I normally do my chores on a Monday. My wife does hers whenever she's free. Um, but normally on a Monday, I'd be cleaning. And if the kids are off, I get them to help me. I know they're not going to do it right. I know that. But at the same token, I'm including them in it so that they're getting used to actually cleaning. Now, obviously, I won't say obviously, I wouldn't let them near any kind of um, harsh cleaning products or stuff like that. But, you know, a bit of windowline on a cloth and let them fucking clean something and sure, they'd think they're great. So, but I'm a firm believer in what kids is this. Give them the natural consequence. If you do this, this is the consequence that's going to happen. I do that all the time. My children know what's going to happen. I don't come in and go, uh, you've done this and this is what's going to happen now. I don't think that's fair. They had no, I don't think, I don't think it's fair to give a punishment if they're not aware of it. I'm an adult. I know if I kill someone, I'm going to go to jail for life. I know that. I have an awareness of that. If you have someone who has no awareness of that, they wouldn't go to jail for life. They'd probably be put into um, maybe a home or something because they have no, they don't have the comprehension. So I'm a firm believer that as an adult, I have to see things, right? And I have to be able to see what they're going to do. 
you know, so if I can see what they're going to do, I will give them a natural consequence. Like, if you throw stones, I haven't, but I'm just giving you an example. If you throw stones near the house, one could hit the window. Um, you know, so don't throw stones near the house, right? It's not something I'm making this up as in, uh, off the top of my head. But as an adult, I would. I, I would look out and go, look, you know, if you do this, you know, this would be the consequence. And the consequence then, at least they know about it. And I'm a firm believer in that. If they know the consequence. Now, I don't say it as a, an aggressive tone. I sit down, I suppose, like the beginning of the first question, as a discussion and say, listen, um, I'll give you an example. I went years ago, I brought the kids into uh, shopping and I said to my wife, I want to bring the kids shopping, which I've heard is mental um, because parents don't generally want to bring their kids shopping, whereas I did. I want them to be able to go into a shopping centre, a shopping, a food shopping place. I want them to be able to go there and be civil, is suppose what's in my head, be civil, just be civil. You're in a place where you need to be civil and you need to... um, Stay by my side. Brought in them. Um, one of them turned One of them asked for one thing. That was the agreement. I'll give you one thing in here. They didn't understand what one thing meant. It could be anything. Uh, so one of them picked up one thing. That was grand. And then they wanted another thing. So I says, well, you can have this thing, but you have to leave back that thing. And they were in disagreement at this. Now that's... They were three years of age. So they started to cry. They literally cried from the beginning of the shopping the food place until I left it. And I just walked around the complete place, checking my list, putting in my shopping, oblivious to people looking at me because that's not what I was there for. I was there to try and teach my children how to be in a food place without doing exactly what one of them was doing. Anyway, they cried all the way. I got my shopping. I brought it home. I put it away. The following week, I says, bring them again. Uh, are you fucking mental? My wife said, Jesus. Well, she didn't say you fucking mental because she doesn't really curse. <laughs> but that's my version of it. <laughs> um, and I brought them again. And the same person asked for one thing. Then the second thing, same story again, started crying, cried all the way. I went all the way again. Third week, brought them again. I said, you can have one thing now. They picked up the one thing. Then again, they asked for another thing. And I says, well, you have to leave that back. And they left it back. And that was it. And ever since then, I can bring my children to the place. Um, I explain what's going to happen. You know, there's no running away. If you run away from me, they're older now. If you run away, the consequence is you lose your one thing. They still are allowed to pick up one thing. Um, because they don't under, they don't understand the value of money. Now, if they pick up something that's really expensive, I say, no, that's too expensive. It's not like I'm going to give free reign. You know, within the boundaries of what I can afford. And um, I've had no trouble. I can honestly say I've had no trouble. But I am prepared to do that until I get the result. So I was prepared to bring in my children 50, 100 times of them crying. I don't care what people think of me. 
after 2009, when I slipped my wrist, um, I slipped my wrist in 2009, and it was so bad that my hand is deformed. So uh, before that, I worried so much what people thought about me, and I really was so hurt about if someone thought something of me, and it would really hurt me because I felt bad about myself. And after that, I stopped caring. I really stopped caring what people think of me because what people think of me is none of my business. What people say to me is my business. And if they say it to me, I'm going to um, answer back, I suppose, in a, in a very uh, either discussion way or an argumentative way. But as I said, I love arguing. But I'm not going to veer away. So I don't care what people think about me. I genuinely do not care what someone thinks about me. If there was people judging me in the food place... Um, I don't even know what you call it. We call it Aldi. Um, I don't even know how you call it, grocery store or whatever. Um, if they were judging me, I wasn't aware of it. Um, and if I was aware of it, I still wouldn't care because I have a responsibility to teach my children how to be social in an environment that they need to be social in, where they don't be running around. There's people, other, there's other people in there trying to do their shopping. They don't want fucking children running in and out of trolleys with them. That's what they don't want. I. That's what I. Well, as an adult, I suppose that's. I'm thinking that's what they don't want. I am. I don't want my children running around a shopping, a grocery store. I don't want that. I want them to stand by me and help me as I'm doing the shopping, putting in stuff. That's what they do. So I would be prepared to do that indefinitely until they learnt. Now, if they didn't learn, well, then they stay at home. It's really and truly that simple. If if it got to a stage where it was like, right, they don't have the capacity to actually learn this, well, then just they can't go to the store. I mean, again, I look at the world in black and white. If if you're unable to do that, well, then you can't go. I wouldn't look, I would, and I would look, I'm just trying to think there, regardless if there were any um, child in any state of mind, regardless, it wouldn't matter to me if the child was uh, in any state of mind. To me, it wouldn't matter. It's That's what you have to learn. This is society, and this is what we have to go into. So that's how black and white my mind is. Now, thankfully, it only took two turns, but I would have done it for 50, and I would have brought them every week, absolutely every week. It's not my problem if other people were upset with me. I have to teach my children how to be social. And you can't teach them at home. You have to bring them to these places. Um, and if they want to try... I mean, yeah, I did not <laughs> I'm only thinking of this. One of my other children, years ago, years ago, she was only like two. And the terrible twos. Um, exact same thing. Yeah, exact same thing. She wanted something, she got it, and then she wanted something else. And I said, no, you only get one thing. And I've always told them they only get one thing because there is no end to children. They don't understand life and money, and they're not supposed to. So it's my job to say, well, you can have one thing. Because a child will take, 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 and that's just their nature. And she threw an absolute wobbler of a tantrum. In a kid's play area, and I thought this was the most comical thing I've ever experienced in my whole entire life, and I still find it funny. She was only two, so she throwing the terrible two tantrums, and she, instead of throwing a tantrum and walking into a corner, she walked around people, 
So then I was following her. <clears throat> I was following her around people. And she was screaming from the top of her lungs. And she was just belting out this scream. And then she eventually went to the corner where she wanted to cry. And I just knelt down. And, you know, I let her cry. And eventually she burnt herself out. And I just picked her up and I gave her a hug and a kiss. And with that, a parent came up to me. And I'll never forget this. She put her hand up to her heart and she says, you know, I wouldn't be embarrassed if I was you. And I looked and I went, I'm not. I'm not throwing a tantrum. She is. Why would I be embarrassed? And it, 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 and I suppose that's how black and white my head is, is. I was like, why would I be embarrassed? I'm not throwing a tantrum. She is. And she's two witnesses. You know, and your one looked at me as if I was a fucking madman. But I couldn't comprehend the fact that she was asking me. No, I understand now. She was kind of trying to console me um, in a sense of, you know, there's no need to be. I wasn't embarrassed. You know, at the end of the day, she's a two. You know, my daughter was two at the time. She was two years of age. That's what, that's what children do. She, if she was over reading a fucking book, I'd be freaked. <clears throat> that's what they do um, so I don't get into stuff like that If chill, let, like, let children be children you know uh, two years of age they generally throw tantrums that's nothing to be embarrassed about you know you, they eventually grow out of them you know they don't have tantrums now but um, yeah I found that story fucking funny and bizarre at the same time but I do, I love natural consequences. With children, I think it's up to them to give them responsibilities. <clears throat> In life, you have responsibilities. You know, it's it's a, it's Saturday morning as I'm doing this. I have a responsibility to go to work today. I know the natural consequences of me not going to work, what will happen. So every, I think with children, you need to teach them that because that's life. These are the nat- natural consequences. Now, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a firm believer in sticking to it. If I say something, I will do it. If I say, you know, I will get you something, I'll get you something. But also, if I say, you know, if you do something, I go, look, now today, you know, I, you know, today now there's no treats because you done this. Now, regardless of what happens, um, there's no treats. It doesn't matter if they're crying, if they do anything. It, it's once there's no treats, there's no treats. And I am <clears throat> I stick to that. That's one thing I don't do is I don't move away because I would find that confusing as a child if, you know, daddy said he's going to do this and then he doesn't do it. But I think as a child, if daddy says he's going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And I find that works with me perfectly in a sense if I say there's no treats today then there's no treats regardless because this is what I told you if you've done this there's no treats regardless of what happens that day you know there was no treats there one day last week and um, one of my daughters she went around and cleaned up and look at me daddy I'm cleaning up and I said that's very good thank you very much I'm very proud of you and then when she was finished cleaning she says can I have a treat I says no um, I said there was no treats today, but I'm extremely proud of you for cleaning up. I said that's a really good thing to do as a person. It shows good character. But tomorrow we're going to start again. And there was no treats. You know, and I knew 
in her own little way, this was just what children do. It's like, you know, I'll do this and then I'll get my treats. And no, no, you, it doesn't work that way. If you don't go to work and then you go in and you do something nice for your boss, he's not going to give you a day's pay. You needed to go into work. You needed to do your full day and then he was giving you your day's pay. And I'd be the same way. That's what I'm trying to teach them and going, these are the consequences. You have to do these things. So I'm a firm believer in natural consequences. Stick with natural consequences. Explain. I would always explain to my children, look, this is this is where we're going today. You know, this is, you know, there's no doing this or this or this. Now you can, you know, you can do this, this and this, but, you know, you, you cannot do this. Like you can't be running in a shopping center or shopping mall as they call it in America. You can't be running. There's people, you could you could hit some elderly person and knock them down. So if you do these, we're going into the shopping center today. Please don't run. If you run, the thing that you're going to get, I'm just not going to get it for you. So they know when they go in, if they run off, they're not getting the thing. And I think with children, that's important, in my opinion, because children naturally can't regulate their own emotions. They're not able to. They're only children. They don't have the... You know, I know enough about the mind to understand that, you know, children are, are, they're not able to regulate their emotions, but they can see consequences. They can foresee and go, right, well, if I do run, I'm not going to get my treat. And I, I'm a firm believer in that, you know. So I hope that answers uh, the question. Yeah, natural consequences. I give natural consequences all the time. Um, explain to the child what they need to do. Explain if they do something negative, what will happen if they do it, and I keep it as simple as that. I don't, I don't uh, do anything else. You know, <clears throat> I don't do anything else with that. So that's the end of that. Hopefully, that answers all your questions. And um, thanks again for listening. And if anyone else has any questions, please, uh, please ask away. And if you find, uh, again, I'm going to be saying as I, I'm not, I'm not on social media now. So if you find the podcast helpful. Please share it. Thanks very much.